This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda's senior market analysts from around the world. Let's talk to Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. Let's start with news from China giving mixed results as far as markets are concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit of a strange start to the week. There hasn't been an enormous amount of, I guess, market moving news flow, but then there has been a lot of news. So in China, we're seeing record COVID cases in some major cities, which is offsetting some of the optimism that we actually had towards the latter part of last week and even the week before, really, with regards to its views on its zero COVID policy and how committed it is to that. We saw some slight uh, relaxation of restrictions with regards to travel and quarantine late last week. But the speculation remains quite high that we're going to see further relaxation of measures maybe towards the spring of next year. And that seems to be supporting markets. But then you offset that, like I say, with these COVID cases and therefore means more testing and it means more restrictions, maybe even lockdowns potentially because it's still very much committed at this point in time to its zero COVID policy. And these are very contrasting forces really in the markets. But we also saw some measures announced with regards to the property market, a 16-point plan to try and support the property market. And that's really had a, a real boost of an impact uh, with regards to property firms in uh, China. The Hang Seng, uh, which has a high exposure, has been really boosted today at 1.7% uh, on the back of that. And that's generated a lot of optimism as well. Whether it will actually work and whether it will be the game changer that China wants it to be is is always going to be difficult to say. Measures that have been announced so far with relation to property market has been like pushing on a piece of string. Like they've tried to ease uh, credit conditions, but there's been no demand. So that's had very limited impact. Uh, and other measures which we've seen announced in recent months just haven't really had the desired effect. This seems to be a more well thought out, broader package of measures designed to try and be a catalyst for the property market to uh, thrive once more or at least bounce back from where it currently is now which is a major drag obviously when you couple that with the country's covid response then uh, and the impact that that therefore has on households and the impact that it has on uh, demand uh, then obviously this is has a very dampening impact so there does seem to be a little bit of optimism after these uh, measures were announced uh, in asia with response to that but it didn't really stop it in the main uh, um, trading in the red so much of Asia was still slightly in the red but it was those uh, Chinese property firms which really did uh, drag in particular the Hang Seng uh, into the green like I say there has been more news flow though there's talks potentially between the US and Russia in Turkey uh, the Kremlin's response was we can neither confirm nor deny talks with the US and Turkey so that maybe sounds promising it's hard to say at this point a meeting also took place between Biden and Xi uh, at the G20 summit, which is also interesting when you consider what the relationship between the US and China has been like for quite some time now, uh, in particular over the course of this year when it seems to have become uh, really quite hostile. So these are potentially positive developments. But again, it's always hard to say with these types of things. Perhaps that's what's helping move or nudge Europe into the green. The US has started a bit mixed. Like I say, I think it's been maybe a bit of a, a slow start to the week from a market's perspective and maybe we're just kind of trying to uh, find some uh, relevance or positivity uh, from some of these uh, stories. But I think the main focus in the market today has been those China stories which we discussed earlier. One massive story, of course, over the last few days 
is the collapse of FTX. And uh, looking at the Financial Times headline today, it says that digital asset exchanges are rushing to reassure clients that their funds are safe following the collapse of uh, FTX. We've seen Binance, the world's biggest crypto trading venue, as well as small arrivals, vowing to publish proof that they hold sufficient reserves to match their liabilities to customers. Already, we've seen over the last few months, the likes of Bitcoin losing a great deal of their value. And this is not helping at all, is it? It isn't. And it's this kind of undermined confidence which creates this doom loop scenario, which is why we're seeing these efforts now being made. It almost becomes self-fulfilling if people are withdrawing their cash because they have no confidence, then they, in terms of the value of the coins, they lose uh, value. But also with these exchanges, it puts them under significant pressure and they feel like they have to prove that they are not another FTX and that they have been run sensibly and that they are well-backed, etc. So these are very nervy times for cryptos. Um, I think I alluded to this late last week. There's a famous Warren Buffett saying that when the tide goes out you see who's swimming naked and this really feels like that moment for cryptos we're now going to see where there is either maybe corruption or whether there is mismanagement and these are the type of things which tend to stem from these types of scenarios and naturally that's making crypto investors uh, very very nervous we've seen the bitcoin price falling again in recent days it's now at around 16 and a half thousand but continues to look vulnerable. What the crypto industry needs now is a week or two where there are no more headlines, where the FTX story starts to drift into the background where there are no negative ripple effects. But that feels like a lot to ask at this point in time. I'm sure many people will say, let's hope not. Let's just hope that this is a a one-off event that does get cleared up over time and that it it doesn't unveil anything uh, further. And then price can maybe start to stabilize. But I think for the next couple of weeks, I think crypto traders are going to be very nervous. Let's briefly talk about oil, Craig, and I see that OPEC has cut its demand forecast for next year. Yeah, they've cut their demand forecast for next year. They've cut demand forecast for this year as well. Uh, second quarter and third quarter have been cut by uh, 0.2 million barrels a day and 1.1 million barrels a day, respectively, um, which has further fueled the surplus, which maybe goes some way to explaining why OPEC Plus felt the need to cut output as extravagantly as it did. Of course, the, the cut far outweighs uh, that surplus at this point in time, but it, it, and it highlights how uncertain the outlook still remains for a number of different reasons, from the global economic outlook to the cost of living crisis, the war in Ukraine, etc. Etc. There's still enormous uncertainty. We haven't seen a massive move in the markets on the back of this. Brent crude continues to trade around $95, right in the middle of that $90 to $100 range, which it seems to have established itself within. But it is interesting to see that these um, demand growth outlooks are being slashed, it seems, month by month because of this highly uncertain environment and the increasing belief that we are heading for a recession or at least parts of the world are heading for recession the uk could potentially already be in recession the us may avoid it but it may be too late to avoid a recession and this is going to be a drag on oil demand going into uh, next year like I say it's not necessarily new news so maybe not a big market mover but that's kind of i guess uh, typified the way that this week has started there's been news but markets of moving not necessarily independently of the news but it nothing there's nothing that's really come out today that's been a massive market moving event of course it's a big week for the uk in terms of the autumn statement with chancellor Jeremy Hunt and uh, former Chancellor Rishi Sunak pondering uh, what to do still ahead of Thursday's announcement. How do markets regard this? 
Yeah, it's a massive week for the UK. We've got the autumn statement and there's there's a massive uh, black hole to make up. So we need to know what kind of tax increases they're going to be. They've said they're going to, those with the broadest shoulders are going to take the most. They've said that there are going to be tax hikes though for everyone basically. They've suggested there are going to be spending cuts, although there's speculation that some of those could be delayed in order to support the economy. The devil's going to be in the detail ultimately. So that's going to be the one to watch. That's the thing that's really created the volatility in UK markets now for the last six weeks or so. But we also have the monetary report monetary policy report hearing from the, from the Bank of England on Wednesday. That's going to be uh, a key interest as well. Again, limited by the fact that the lack of detail with regards to the UK's spending and tax plans as they were earlier this month uh, when they released the inflation report or what's now called the monetary policy report. But again, there's a lot of UK data this week. We've got UK inflation uh, on Wednesday as well. Could we get a positive surprise there like we saw in the US? The markets are thinking not. It's expected to rise from 10.1% to 10.5%. Uh, and we've also got some more UK data as the week uh, goes on as well. Uh, later in the week, uh, we've got things like retail sales. The other thing as well, the US, we've got retail sales as well. Again, I think investors looking for that good news story to accompany that inflation data. We've got a lot of uh, central bank speakers throughout the course of this week from the Federal Reserve, the ECB, the Bank of England, etc., etc. So I think that's going to be a key focus as well, especially the Fed after that inflation number last week. Investors want more confidence that inflation is heading in the right direction, policymakers are paying attention, and they are going to or likely to shift course as a result. So no doubt plenty to focus on over the course of this week, and I don't think every day is going to be quite as slow as what we've seen so far today. Okay, Craig, thanks very much for joining us today. We'll speak to you again soon. Cheers, thanks a lot. This is the Oanda Podcast.